I'm Emily Williams, and this is Understand South Carolina, a weekly podcast from the Post and Courier. This past Tuesday, January 11th, legislators returned to the State House in Columbia. Today, we're going to be talking about what they'll be doing this session, from drawing new lines for voting districts to discussing the legalization of medical marijuana and deciding what to do with more than $6 billion in additional revenue. We're joined by the Post and Courier's resident statehouse expert, Assistant Columbia Bureau Chief, Shauna Adcox. All right, let's get right to it. I'm Shauna Adcox. I'm the Assistant Bureau Chief for the Post and Courier here in Columbia, which really means I just cover the statehouse. And I've been covering the statehouse for the Post and Courier and earlier for the Associated Press for now. I'm on my 17th year. (laughs) So basically, you know what you're talking about. I hope so. Before we get into some of the specifics of the session ahead in the State House, what's going to be the dominant theme this year? Money. Lots of it. Unprecedented amounts. We've never had this big of a surplus or windfall or whatever you want to call it. We're going to have our biggest budget ever. We've got over $6 billion in you know what you want to call new money or additional money. And it breaks down into $2.5 billion that came from what Congress passed 10 months ago with the American Rescue Plan. And they were supposed to come back last fall and create a plan for spending that, but they didn't. So that's now going to get wrapped up into this session. And they also have $525 million from the federal settlement with the Department of Energy that was in 2020 over the plutonium that's still stored underground at SRS. The rest is what you want to call a surplus. And it comes from higher than expected tax collections over last fiscal year and so far this fiscal year, which actually that number could grow. And they think that the next fiscal year, the economic growth will be about 900 million. So that's wrapped into that too. So of that whole 6 billion plus picture, the vast majority is meant for one-time expenses. Only 900 million of that is supposed to be used for recurring expenses like state salaries. Does it make it easier or harder to make a budget when you have a lot of extra money that the state is not used to having? Much harder. (laughs) When they have no money, there's nothing to fight over. When they have lots of money, everyone comes with their handout, right? You know, so the requests are going to, even as with as much money we've got, the requests are going to far outweigh all that money. So they've got to whittle it down. And as people on both sides of the aisle have said repeatedly, they've got to spend it wisely so that it actually makes a difference for generations to come so we don't just squander this money. One of the first issues that's going to come up for legislators is redistricting. First, let's just explain what are we talking about when we say Redistricting. Every 10 years after the census, they have to redraw the lines because every district, whether it's a state house, state senate, U.S. house, is supposed to represent the same number of people. Like every house member is supposed to represent so many people. And and because we've grown by about 500,000 people, those lines have to shift. And it's particularly difficult this time around because the growth is so lopsided. It was all along the coast. Right under Charlotte, which is Rock Hill, York County, Indian Land, and Lancaster County, and also Greenville-Spartanburg. However, 
in Greenville, Spartanburg, all that area, the growth was pretty consistent. So that those lines didn't need to do anything drastic. But because there's the lopsided growth on the coast in the Charlotte suburbs, and in the meantime, the rural areas actually lost population. So that meant certain areas had to shrink, certain areas had to grow. And in terms of state house races, the house draws its lines and the Senate draws its lines and they don't mess with each other's lines. But the U.S. House race lines require, you know, it's like a normal bill. It has to be agreed on by both bodies. The state house and state Senate, that's done. They're still working on the U.S. House maps. What has been passed by the House and what the Senate has been looking at has been highly criticized by Democrats. And a lot of that has to do with the Coastal First District in terms of keeping it competitive. Let's talk a little bit more about why it's opposed by Democrats or controversial. What would it do to the first district that's here in the Charleston area? The whole map looks very similar to what we already have, which is the argument by the Republicans that it really doesn't change much. It tweaks a little around the edges, but in tweaking, what it does is make the first district more solidly Republican. South Carolina's first district was flipped by Democrat Joe Cunningham in 2018, and then it flipped back in 2020 and was won by Republican Nancy Mace. The contention is that they're doing that purposefully to keep that Republican and make sure it's Republican in the future, whether that's Mace or somebody else. When does there need to be a decision, you know, a final decision from the state house? on these lines for the U.S. representative districts? Well, they need to act quickly because filing for the upcoming primaries and general election is in mid-March. So you're talking right at two months away. They need to act as quickly as possible to not only give candidates a time to consider their run (laughs) under whatever they pass, but also to possibly allow for, you know, lawsuit opinions. What's another issue that we think is going to come up pretty early on in this session? Well, one that a lot of readers will probably like, or at least like the debate, (laughs) is medical marijuana. You know, that's been an issue kind of floating out there for quite some time. Dom Davis has been pushing it uh, since 2014 when we got the limited CBD law, and it has never gotten a floor debate. But basically, leadership promised Tom Davis that there would be a floor debate this year. People know what their vote's going to be. Nobody's changing their opinion at this point. At least I would be highly surprised if someone during floor debate goes, oh, I think I'll change my opinion now. But it'll be interesting to see where that vote falls. Is there a sense of how likely it might be for that to pass in South Carolina this year? You know, Tom Davis is pretty confident that it's going to pass the Senate. Now, the majority leader says he's not sure how it will go down, but If it comes out of the Senate, then there will be pressure on the House leadership to at least allow a floor debate there. There have been similar bills in the House that have reached the committee process but never advanced to the floor. South Carolina would by no means be leading the way on this. We would be the 37th state, right, to uh, legalize medical marijuana. There were technically 38 states because two states did it by ballot. But those were challenged in court. Now there's 36 and South Carolina could be 37. We're entering the third year 
of the COVID pandemic now. How is COVID-19 likely to come up in the state house this year? What are COVID-related issues that we expect legislators to be discussing? You know, in the special session last month, which was supposed to only be about redistricting in the House, the House pushed through a bill. It would bar local and state governments from requiring COVID vaccinations. And it sets aside $20 million to help pay for folks who refuse to get vaccinated and have to be tested weekly. Whether the Senate does anything with what the House sent them last month will probably depend on what the U.S. Supreme Court does in terms of those Biden vaccine mandates. On January 7th, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in two cases challenging COVID vaccine mandates from the Biden administration, one for healthcare workers and another for companies with 100 or more employees. Basically what Shane Massey, our Senate Majority Leader, said is if the Supreme Court of the land says that those mandates are legal, there's not much that South Carolina legislators can do about it because federal law supersedes state law. If they say something else, then it kind of depends on what they say as to what South Carolina legislators do. We'll be right back with more after this quick message. Hi, I'm Avery Wilkes, a projects reporter for the Post and Courier Columbia. As journalists, we work hard to hold powerful people accountable for the decisions that they make and how they affect others. And we have a track record of investigations that have brought about real, tangible change in our community. But that kind of watchdog reporting isn't free. It's time-consuming and expensive. To pay for it, we need people to subscribe and support journalism with real dollars. Help us keep going. Learn how to subscribe at postingcourier.com slash subscribe. Like we said earlier, the state has $6 billion to decide what to do with this year. And having that additional money really complicates things. Is there anything that lawmakers really agree on right now that pretty much collectively they say we need to spend money on these things? Roads. Now, exactly how that is divided, you know, we'll see. But in general, everyone agrees we need to spend some money on roads. Broadband's another issue that pretty much everyone's in agreement with. And people agree that we need work on water and sewer infrastructure in South Carolina because a lot of reasons why businesses don't go to rural South Carolina is because the infrastructure isn't there. They don't have the water and sewer hookups to be able to have big businesses. So it's not only an issue of, well, these outdated systems need to be updated for the residents, but also to be able to grow their local economy. And maybe we won't have so much of rural South Carolina losing population. Those three big pots, broadband, roads, and water and sewer are really what's an agreement of transformational things. Governor McMaster has made his recommendations of you know, how some of the money should be spent. What has he suggested? Well, he suggested $500 million for rural water and sewer. And he actually says the legislature should spend no less than $1.2 billion on roads. Um, he wants to spend $360 million to widen 
I-26 between Columbia and Charleston. You know, there's some areas widened in there, but there's that big, just four lanes in the middle. He wants to spend $300 million on creating a new I-73 to Myrtle Beach. And that's going to be, while widening I-26, I think it's going to have a lot of agreement. The creation of I-73, not so much. That's That's been a really hotly contested issue for a long time. Um, now, certainly the Erie County folks want it, but environmentalists have always opposed that thing. So we'll see what happens there. Most of this money is available for one-time expenses, but there is some of it too that's recurring, that's coming from increased revenue and an expected continued increased revenue. Is there any discussion about what to do with that? What to do with money that we're not just seeing now, but likely to continue to see in the future? Guarantee there's going to be a request that state employees finally get a substantial pay raise. They've been kind of promising to do that for years. Teachers will be expecting a big pay raise. You know, before the pandemic, there was wide approval, wide the expectation. The governor suggested it. Legislators were on board to give every teacher a $3,000 pay raise. And then the pandemic hit and, you know, we froze the budget for a year. That's partly why we have such a surplus is because, they were very conservative in what they did the last couple of years, expecting a big downturn. And instead of a downturn, we got a lot more money, partly because of all the federal infusion. But last year, they gave teachers a $1,000 pay raise. Teachers are going to be expecting more money this year. McMaster's budget does increase the state minimums. We have what's called a minimum salary schedule for teachers who get paid according to their years of experience in the classroom and their degree. In other words, if they have bachelor's, bachelor's plus 18, master's, etc. And it basically they step up every year. And the state sets a minimum of what of what they can make. McMaster wants to increase those minimums by $2,000, which would mean no teacher in South Carolina, no first year teacher could start at any less than 38,000. They now start at 36. However, most districts in South Carolina already pay above the minimums. They, they supplement what the state provides and the state minimums with local property taxes. And McMaster's plan says that you're, if you're already paid above, it's a district decision. That is a big sticking point for a teacher advocate who actually want that, that they do want mandated in terms of that teacher raise. Some Republicans have also seen this as a window of opportunity to make changes to the tax code. What kind of changes are being suggested? The chamber and Republicans have long said needs to happen. You know, they call our tax code sort of a Frankenstein monster because it's just been tacked on and added to over the years. And there's a lot of attention to South Carolina having an income tax rate, top income tax rate of 7%, which is the highest in the Southeast. However, what's not talked about a lot is that our actual tax rate is far less. We actually are very low in taxes, but it appears we're very high because of that 7%. But because of all the shenanigans or whatever you want to call it in the tax code, because of all the deductions, what people actually pay is less than that. But the argument is that executives, people making business decisions about coming to South Carolina, all they see is that 7%. They don't wait to hear about all all the rest of what you actually end up paying. What they want to do is 
reduce that tax rate and basically broaden the tax base. We exempt more things from sales taxes than we actually tax. And there's been a lot of discussion over the years about undoing some of those exemptions and it never goes anywhere. So there's been discussion in years past that we won't collect more taxes and we won't collect less, that it would be a neutral thing. Now, McMaster, on the other hand, he wants to cut that 7% tax rate. And for the fourth year in a row, he is he's saying what we need to do is go down from 7 to 6% over five years. It would reduce state revenue in the first year by like $177 million. And once fully phased in, it's like a billion dollars. He says he doesn't want a neutral plan. He wants an actual plan that reduces revenue. And he says that because with all this money, now is the time to do it more than ever. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're now a few days into this session. If those first few days were any indicator of how the rest of the session is going to be, how would you describe it? It's going to be busy. I mean, they really did hit the ground running this week. Normally, the first week is a bunch of, hey, how you doing? They literally call it like the first day of school. But with redistricting, with the things they have to get done, they've got a lot on their plate this year. They really have started off working more than normal. All right, that's all for today. For more information about what will be happening at the State House this year, check out the stories we've linked in today's show notes. To keep up with politics news from the State House and around South Carolina, you can subscribe to our Palmetto Politics newsletter. It's free, and I'll leave a link to sign up in today's show notes. If you have comments, questions, or ideas for this podcast, email us at understandsc at postingcourier.com or DM us on Twitter at understandsc. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Posting Courier. Our intro music is by Billy Fountain. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com.